exalt the name of Jesus today. He is worthy of the praise and of the glory and of the honor. There is none like him. There is none beside him. He is the only Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is our King. He is our Lord. Beside him there is no one else. He said, I am the Lord and beside me there is no one. There is no Savior. He is the only wise God. And we thank him for allowing us and presenting himself to us in the form of coming as man and being fully God and, and fully man and his, his unique nature made us become of him because why? He gave himself. He gave himself that we may be free, that we may sing the freedom by his blood and we can be now a part of the body and the kingdom of Christ. He is both Lord and Christ and we give God thanks because because he became Jesus, we now are part of this wonderful family, wonderful 
nature, wonderful kingdom of God that we are here to worship and magnify the only one that saved you, the only one that died and redeemed you from, from sin. And he has given us freedom to worship. So you are free to lift your hands, free to worship the Lord, how you are led to worship him. But know it must come from a heart that is filled with spirit and with truth. And when you know the God that you serve, truth will reveal to you that you will get saved. You will understand why you are here and you will choose to walk in the newness of life. God bless everyone that is present here. Those who are watching, we thank you. We're going to pray today that God will continue to bless us as we are in one of the most greatest times of the year in terms of being a part of family. Not much more family, but it is to worship and honor and commemorate Jesus' birth and understanding that he came. He came to a world that he loved so much that he will give his life for this very world. And we thank God for you joining us in the best place you can be a part of, which is Christ-centered church, where we keep him Christ as our central focus. Let's pray that God will bless those who are watching. If they have needs, we're going to touch and agree with them today. Let's lift our hands right now in agreement in the house of God as we believe God is get pouring into us. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you have come again. We have come before you, lifting you up, thanking you for your goodness. We pray that you will touch, Lord God, us today. Lord God, we pray that your spirit will empower us to do the things that you have called us to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those who are not here, those who are watching in this, oh God, virtual space, and those who are present, oh God. We pray knowingly those who are not here amongst our congregation, touch every family, oh God. We can't name them just because of the time, but we're praying a special touch on everyone who is not as well in their body. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We pray for restoration in their bodies. We pray for an agreement today that their lives will be transformed by the power of his word. And I pray, Lord God, that you will anoint those who are yet serving in the capacity that they're serving. Our praise team, I pray that they continue to minister as they would minister before. That God will touch each and every one of them individually. Wherever they're going through, let them know that what they're pouring out, God will fill in their hearts. And I pray for our pastor, I pray for the ministering servants, that God will continue to power them in this season and in this time. If you look ahead and we look forward to what God is about to do in the new upcoming year, that we are excited to know that Christ in the church is on the move. And let us put our hands together, let us open our mouths and let's worship the Lord, because God has called us for such a time as this to do the work of the Lord in Jesus' name.
some praise this morning, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. Because you first love us, oh God. Nothing good we have done. We're so thankful for your love this morning, oh God. We thank you for your grace and for your mercies, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And can we praise the Lord, everybody? Hallelujah. Can we praise the Lord, everybody? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It's worthy to be praised this morning. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning to magnify the Lord with us. Truly, we're serving an awesome online congregation. We welcome you today in the house of God. Amen. We pray that before the services conclude today. The Lord will bless you and meet you where you are this morning. Amen. Amen. I come with an anticipation this morning, not knowing what the Lord is going to do in the service. But I'm ready for a move of God in the service like never before. So continue to worship the Lord. Don't be ashamed to call upon the Lord when you're in need. Amen. We're serving an awesome God, and I'm so glad that he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Come on, give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. 
Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So good to see our pastor and his wife back and their family back in the house of God. Amen, amen. It's always an honor um, in whenever they go away and they can come back and be with us. Uh, I, I did miss them. I missed them a whole lot when they were gone. A whole lot. Amen. <laughs> amen. But we're glad they came back safely. Amen. But God's been so good to us. Amen, church. Keep on lifting up each other. We need each other more than ever before. Amen. Regardless of what's going on. Amen. I, I, I used to think, you know, when I was much younger, I have the same strength and energy as I grow younger in the Lord, if you please. <laughs> but things are not the same. Never underestimate your body and your limitation of the things that you can do. <laughs> I love the Lord. so I love the Lord. Church, I love the Lord so much. Amen. I love him so much. Just continue to worship the Lord. I'm going to ask Minister Bradley. He's going to come on up. Amen. As we're getting ready for offering. Amen. Shall we praise the Lord again, everyone? Come on. Let's put our hands together one more time in the presence of the Lord. Come to a very important part of our worship. Our worship is in giving. And um, of course, there's a principle Old Testament times when Levites would come and the, and the priests would just, many offerings that were also uh, outlined in terms of how they are to worship, present themselves before God. It's just an offering before God that they will be uh, approved and acceptable in the sight of Him. And we're giving unto the kingdom of God and we are here that we are here to be a blessing and of course there are of course the four ways of giving but I want to entreat everyone that we're still in our giving campaign and our reach um, and also we have our Christmas for Christ of course two weeks ago we saw the uh, video that was um, shown and about Christmas for Christ and it was such a very touching um, story or testimony um, from that church planner in Missouri and it could be done here. And we're going to believe church planting will be done in New Jersey and across the Northeast uh, because we have a lot of people to reach and a lot of people that need to be uh, to be touched in those areas. They may have known a form of religion and Christianity, but they have not encountered the man Christ Jesus. And we are the hands and feet of God. Every saints of God, we are the hands and feet of the almighty God. And he's working inside of us. And so we want to just admonish you that our tree next to me, uh, that's my left, um, your right, uh, you can pick up one of these items. I feel that if you feel led, whatever you believe that the Spirit of God is prompting you, even beyond Christmas for Christ, to continue to be a blessing to our great body, which is the United Pentecostal Church International, that is doing awesome work across the world, and we must continue to be a, a blessing in those areas, global missions, uh, North American missions, of course. Uh, Tupelo's Mansion, a lot of things that are being done, uh, Reach America, a lot of things that are done in across this great country that are reaching persons across the world. So you are blessed if you can all stand and continue to give. Our, of course, we know the station of where we should give if you're giving electronically. But those who are watching, there are the four ways of giving. Those who are watching Christ Center Church, please be a blessing to us. And we know that God will continue to be a blessing to you as we continue the work of the Lord. Let's all stand before God, before the presence of the Lord, and we're going to pray today. God will bless us in our giving. 
Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you thanks today. We thank you for this promise that you have given us to us that as we sow, we shall reap, Lord God. And I pray that principle continue to be endowed into us. Continue to bless us, Lord God, in every capacity, not just in the tangible things, but also the intangible things. Help us to exuberate, oh God, the fruit of the Spirit in giving, that the Spirit in our heart. Let us know that, God, we will be accepted in, in you, Lord God, in Christ. And, and you can observe what's in our hearts. And you can, oh God, root out the things that should not be in our giving. I pray that our giving will become a cheerful giving, not in a giving that is filled with uh, despair, filled with concern of what comes out of our own pocket. I pray that, God, we give willingly, Lord God, into your kingdom because it's beyond what we can think and imagine. It's about our generations that are behind us and going forward that will continue this great gospel. We pray that we continue to be a blessing to this body, and I pray those who have not to give, I pray that you continue to give them, Lord God, the desire, Lord God, that the next time they'll be able to give into your kingdom. We pray your blessings in Jesus' name. We ask amen and amen. Let's all say amen. You can you get you can all come up to to give us the Lord as Brother Prado will lead us in worship.
Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be home. Good to be with you this morning. God has been good to us, and we are so thankful for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. There's a lot going on, and um, usually this time of the year, you heard me mention it last week, um, this time of the year, you um, many people experience different emotions. Um, the emotion varies. Um, some emotions of depression, some suicidal, some cheerful. But there's a wide variety of emotions that people experience during these times. And it's important that we give ourselves to prayer and continue to uh, be what we would call a conduit that the Lord can work through and that we can be a blessing to others, that we can stand in the gap and pray for others uh, because God is good. And if you will do what God desires, God will make sure you're straight. Amen. Sometimes you feel like, you know, if I do for others, what about me? That's in the natural that that could be a normal way of thinking that when I do for others, what about me? But in the spiritual, God says, when you do what I ask you to do, I will take care of you. And so you don't have to worry about your needs. You don't have to worry about um what you have need of, because if you do God's will, God will take care of you. Church, we need to fall in love with the Lord. We need to fall in love with the Lord. Let me tell you, it's it's so wonderful to know that you're in love with God and that he is everything to you. Um, when I think back and look over my life and I think about the goodness of God and what God means to me, man, I'm just so overwhelmed with joy. And when you love God the way God said to love him, you know what you will also do? Love people. I really, really, I had a little chance to reflect over that, over the um, the few days that we were gone on vacation. I really reflected on how much I really love people. And um, whenever I travel, it makes me, um, I, I, it, 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 it kind of reinforce that thought of just how much I really love people. I love to go. I love to meet people from every walk of life. I'm interested in what they're doing. Um, but it wasn't always like this. It, 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 it took place in my transformation that I became um, a lover of people. Um, just because, because when, you know, um, wanting to have relationship because you gain from it, um, that's not pure. Uh, when we're wanting something because we get a gain out of it. What, what's pure is loving and you don't expect anything back. Mm. That's, 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 that's pure love. When the person didn't have to do something for you to say, you know, I love them. They didn't have to buy you anything. They didn't have to do anything nice to you for you to say, I love them. But 
in order to be able, this is that agape love that, that God talked about. Remember, the Bible says God loved us while we were yet sinners. And whether we were going to be converted to become Christians or not, that didn't stop him from loving us. So God didn't love us with the intent of, oh, because, you know, you're going to do something for me. No, he said, I love you just because. Now, if you serve me, that's wonderful. If you don't, that's on you. But I love you no matter what. And that's purest form of love is loving somebody no matter, you know, what they can do for you or not do for you. This is why um, Brother Scarlett and I have been involved in nursing home ministries for many years. And when pandemic hit, we had to, you know, change up some things and we hope to get back out in the nursing homes. But the nursing home ministry is one of those ministries that when you do it, you demonstrate a kind of love that is is close to the purest form of love. Because uh, usually when you go to minister at a nursing home, those folks are in wheelchairs, some are in beds, um, some can barely move and different things. But you go anyhow because you know that I love them and I'm not going to, you know, look forward to getting anything back. I'm just going to love people and minister to them. Love people, church, but you first must love God in order for that to ever be what it needs to be, is when we love God, we will be able to love people at its purest form. Just a couple of quick things I want to mention this morning before I get right into the Word of God. Um, don't forget um, Brother Bob's funeral. Brother Bob passed away last week. Brother Bob is just, um, we don't have Brother Bob's picture, Sister Patrice. Um, but Brother Bob uh, has been a part of this church, and um, he's just been just wonderful. And he got sick, and he's been from um, rehabilitation center to hospital, from hospital to rehabilitation center. And he finally passed away. But every time I went to visit Brother Bob, Brother Bob was always in good spirits, no matter what kind of pain he was in. And um, he was ready to meet the Lord. And Brother Bob was born again, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And um, when the time came, Brother Bob was ready to go on and be with the Lord, and um, he went on to be with the Lord. And his funeral is tomorrow. Viewing is from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., and then the funeral service will follow, and we will um, uh, minister there um, for on behalf of Brother Bob as him being a member of our congregation. So if you can come out, please come out. Um, as I said, the service time is 1.30. If you can't make it to the service, you can make it out um, um, to the viewing. And we'd love for you to show support and love to the family. Let them know how much we appreciated their loved one, that we love Bob. Also, I want you to pray with me this morning. I'm going to ask Sister Josephine to come in a second here. But I want you to pray with me um, for Albert Crooks. That's Sister Josephine's father. Um, he's just going through a lot of... Um, health challenges right now, and we need to pray for him. Um, Sister Julie just told me that we need to pray for Sister Faith. Um, she is battling um, sickness, and we want God to heal her, and so we need to pray about those things. So Sister Josephine, we're going to pray for you. I know you want to go and visit your dad and pray for him, so if you all can stand with me and point your hands directly towards Sister Josephine, we're, we're going to pray that God will touch Sister Josephine, anoint Say again. Okay. Don't worry. God will do it. Not what you want, what God wants. All right. We'll pray what God wants. So we're going to pray that God will give her strength. 
that she can handle the situation that she is facing. You know, your dad is sick, and you know that's a challenge. Um, so we need to pray for her, and we need God's will to be done in her father's life, that God will touch him in whatever way God needs to touch him, and that God's will be done. And we need to pray for Faith, um, who is battling cancer, that God will touch her. Uh, we need to pray for the Struble family, that God will keep them. Amen. And uh, Brother Crooks. Let's pray together. Father, according to your will, I pray your anointing upon Josephine, that you will give her the strength that she needs right now. That, Lord, by your power, by your spirit, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that you will overshadow her now. That, Lord God, she will be able, Lord God, to do and minister the way you want her to. Lord, have your way in her life, Lord God. Let the Spirit of the Lord have preeminence now. I pray you impart your wisdom to her and boldness and courage, Lord God. Touch her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, Lord God. Have your way in her life. Let your will be done in her life. I pray for Albert Crooks, Lord God. We place him into your hands. We want your will to be done in his life, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for faith that you will heal her, that, Lord, you will touch her, Lord God, that by your miraculous touch she will be healed. And for the Struble family, Lord God, give them strength, keep them, and let them experience your love and look to you, Lord. Give healing and strength to those who need it, Lord. We pray and ask you right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's thank the Lord today. Amen. Send our love to your dad. Let him know we're praying for him and we are thinking about him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, I'm not sure if Sister uh, Brantley is on today. There's Brother Bob. That's a picture. They, they, the funeral home cropped that picture up really good. But when he passed away, um, Brother Tom sent his family that picture. That's a picture of him receiving his certificate um, uh, when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He received the certificate, and so that picture was sent to his family. They actually used it. So um, this church played a big role in Bob's life, more than you would probably know. Um, we were Bob's family. We know he had his um, earthly family that he lived with, but <laughs> there's the whole picture. <laughs> um, but um, his family know what this church meant to him and what he meant to us, and we thank God for that. We're going to miss Bob. Amen. But keep his family in your prayer, the Struble family, that God will keep them and reveal himself to them. Um, Sister Brantley on today? Amen. We don't know. Well, we want her to know that we love her. Um, they're, they're part of our church family, and they're always giving, and they're always supporting this church. And I just want her to know that we appreciate um, her giving. Um, she sent money to this church, um, and our husband, Constant, they're givers. Um, we have people in Florida, they're givers, Joe and Barbara, and we're just so thankful for people that believe in the vision, that believe in what God is doing, and that uh, believe this church is a blessing to them, and they give. So we thank God for them for being such good stewards and givers and lovers of the kingdom of God. Don't forget also our Christmas banquet is this Friday. Um, if you're not sick and you're not out of town, we'll love to have you there. This is your church. This is a time where we get together in fellowship and we love on one another and we can share stories. We have time and it's not just, you know, church setting. And so we we want you to come. We have a big surprise for you if you will come. But um, please join us this um, Friday at uh, 7 p.m. at um, KC Prime Restaurant here on Quaker Bridge Road. 
It's local. You don't have to worry about going far. And so we look forward to that. Also, too, um, our um, mental health and wellness seminar will be January the 6th at 7 p.m. and January 7th at 10 a.m. Um, we, we have some great group of folks that are um, professionals, um, licensed professionals that um, are part of our church and a part of our church family that um, will teach and, um, and instruct us about mental um, health and wellness, and we want you to join us. Uh, we'll also have physical health and wellness um, that we can help you with. So we're going to try to prepare you as much as we can for the coming year, and so you can be the best version of yourself. So please come out and be a part and learn and be the best version of yourself that you can be. Amen. I also want to say I appreciate all the ministers and everyone that ministered and um, just kept things going while my family and I were away on vacation. We are so grateful to all of you. Uh, we serve the Lord together. This is our church together. And um, whenever um, you all do what you do, I'm just so grateful and I'm thankful. Um, we're all just serving the Lord and whatever God wants to do, uh, we just yield ourselves to him. But I appreciate all of you. Um, um, I, I, this, this vacation was probably more for my grandmother and my children, not me and my wife. My wife and I vacation was in May. Um, that was for us. We had a good time there. This one, we were taking care of grandma and we were taking care of kids so they can do whatever they want. And so it's just one of those things. Now, when I did go to Jamaica, I got my time in because I push everything to the side when I get to the motherland for me. Leave me alone. Um, but we thank God for all your prayers and got a little bit of rest. And we are back and in full force and ready to go. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to have you stand and read with me this morning. Got a lot to read, but maybe if I get you to stand, you might pay attention. If you sit, you probably won't pay attention. So let's stand together and let's read together. Amen. We, we, you missed that, Sister Wyatt? Okay. All right. All right. Don't worry. We got it, Sister Wyatt. I got you. Amen. I'm going to send her to school to be a... Um, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. <laughs> you want to go to school to be a psychiatrist? No? You don't want to go? Or you just do it without the school, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, don't mess with my grandson back there, okay? Genesis, chapter 18, verse number 10. I'm going to Genesis, then I'm going to jump to Luke. We're going to read some text. Y'all awake? Everybody awake? You smiling, Kiki. They're not awake. Amen. Sean, are you awake? This guy's awake. He's looking like, bring the word, preacher. Bring the word. Bring the word, preacher. Bring the word. So I'm talking about Jackson. I'm with you. If nobody else is with me, Jackson's with me. So let me get into the word. Jackson, I'm ready. Let's go. Genesis chapter 18, verse number 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also old? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? 
saying, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Somebody say a son. In Luke chapter 1, verse number 5, the word of the Lord reads, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of its course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. John the Baptist, in case you don't know, that's who the Lord told Elizabeth, well, Zechariah, that they would give birth to. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Listen to this part carefully. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Anybody want to be great in the sight of the Lord? Anybody want to be great in the sight of the Lord? Well, if you want to be great, this is what must happen. And shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. If you want to be great for the Lord, you should not drink wine nor strong drink. So for all of us that felt like, you know, it's the holiday season, it's okay to sip on a little bit of wine, it's okay to take a drink here and there, God understands, you don't want to be great. But if you want to be great in the Lord, no wine nor strong drink. That's the word of God. Filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb is what John the Baptist would uh, experience. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. Watch this. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Watch this. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not, be a- and not able to speak 
until the day that these things shall be performed. Why? Because thou believest not my word, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Final portion of scripture. Jump down to Luke chapter 1 still, but down to verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall these things be, seeing I know not a man? Mm-mm-mm. And the angel of, and the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold the cousin, and behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Today I want to preach to you on this topic, the God of the impossibilities. The God of the impossibilities. Jesus, your word is already established and settled. Whether we believe it or not, it certainly will still come to pass. We yield this morning to the Spirit of God and we give preeminence to the Word of God. We want your will to be done. We want your kingdom come. Lord, will you stir us? Will you shake us? Will you move upon us, Lord, that we can experience the extraordinary, the supernatural, the power of God that will transform our thinking, Lord God. Help us today to leave this place differently than the way we came in. Let the power of the Holy Ghost have your way in our heart, Lord God. Will you speak, Lord? Will you place me in the flow of your spirit and allow me to speak as your oracle? Touch our hearing that we will hear what the spirit is saying unto us. Give us wisdom to apply what you speak to us that we will become doers and not just hearers only of your word. We ask you these things in Jesus' holy name. Can everybody say amen? You may be seated. Let me go all the way off topic. 
what do you, what are your thoughts when you think about going to the house of God? What are you expecting? What do you think you should do? What's the formality? We got to start thinking about these things. Can I tell you a big, big secret? Big, big secret. Many of us, most of us, are allowing everything but God to control our life. You're doing it involuntarily. You're kind of, what did I hear it say? And I don't like the cliche. What they say, there's a difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. Thermostat controls the atmosphere. Thermometer tells you what's going on. So when we look at most people, they tell you what's going on. But there's a few that tell you or show you this is what needs to happen. I've moved around a little bit. I think I got a good handle on people. Don't let anything control you but God. Start being deliberate about how you live your life every day. Be intentional how you live your life every day. Don't just exist. Don't go with status quo. Don't do what everybody else is doing because it might not be what's working for you. What everybody else is doing might not be what you need to do. But we wake up every day and just go with the flow and it might not be the flow we need to be going with. And so I'm very concerned about the children of God. That we allow so many things to control us. Even when we come into the house of God. Do we just kind of go with what everybody else is doing? Or will somebody. You know. I always appreciate Sister Josephine. (laughs) Because it doesn't matter what's going on in church. And she don't care what you think about her. (laughs) Come on now. Don't get quiet on me. Sister Josie don't care if you think she wild. Ah, and somebody looking like, what's wrong with her? Well, I need every I, I need a lot of you to be your own sister Josephine. Don't be her, but be you in that same kind of way. That however you feel about God, you just let it out and don't let nobody tell you how you need to feel. Because that's really what she's demonstrating. I'm not letting nobody tell me how to act or feel when I'm in the house of God. If God wants me to sit down, God will tell me to sit down. But we got to get to that place as we move into a new year. We cannot go with status quo. We got to become thermostats, not thermometer where people look at us and say, what are they doing? Okay, well, that's what everybody's doing. I refuse to live my life when I'm living for God. Now, when I wasn't living for God, this didn't make sense. But when I start living for God, I refuse to just live like everybody else is living. I got to live how God want me to live. I got to get up every day with purpose and intention according to what God wants from my life. 
not according to what everybody else is doing. If everybody else is zigging and God want me to zag, I'm zagging. I'm not doing what everybody else want me to do. And I'm okay with it. I'm not uncomfortable being different for God. And I hope I can challenge you this morning to not be comfortable just to fit in because that's not what's going to get you anywhere. This morning, I hope to inspire you with the help of the Lord. I hope to encourage you and convince you to add faith to your works or to add works to your faith. Life is the most precious commodity to humans. It's the most precious commodity, not not finances, not material things. Life is the most precious commodity that we should say we have. It can't be anything else. And the moment we don't allow life to be the most precious commodity to us, we have totally missed the mark. We've totally missed the mark if life is not the most precious commodity to us. Life did not come from us. It did not come by us. But life came from almighty God. Life, man didn't conjure up life. Man, man didn't come up with their ingenuity to bring forth life. Life came by the almighty God. In John 1 and 4, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In John 11, 20, 11, 25, it tells us he is the resurrection and the life. In John 14 and 6, it tells us he is the way, the truth, and the life. In Colossians 3 and 4, it says, when Christ, who is our life? Shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Life came from Christ. We didn't institute life. We didn't come up with life. We, we, we didn't go and, and went into the lab to figure out life. We might even think that when we have children, we did something. Listen to me. God tells us what to do. And he works in the background and get it done. Make no mistake about it. So God allowed man to understand this complicated process of the human body, how it works and everything like that. And we've come to figure out how to make children. And, and, and we really, really, to be honest with you, didn't really do anything for children to come. We followed or did what the Lord told us to do. And the Lord allowed children to come. Life didn't come from us. Life never will come from us. We have no part in life. God gave us that. And so life is the most precious commodity that exists to man. The Lord didn't just give life so we can breathe air and have movements and strength in our extremity. No, he gives life that we may fulfill purpose, his purpose, which blesses us and our fellow man. Our life, our life is supposed to be a life of purpose according to God's will, which will internally bless us and bless our fellow man. That's what life is supposed to be doing. 
Life is supposed to be lived to honor the one who gave it to you. Life is supposed to be lived to honor the one who gave it to you. And in turn, you are blessed and others will be blessed. That's how life is supposed to be done. So the the Lord didn't give us life just so we could have we can breathe air and have movements and strength in our extremities. No. In the life in which we live out his purpose, which we are blessed and others are blessed, there are different stages we will go through until fully, until we fully become like him and see him as he is. Church, this life that we're living We're supposed to live it to perfection. That perfection don't mean perfect without blemish. That perfection means completion. We ought to live this life to completion. What is the completion of your life? How do you know when life is completed? When you become exactly like Jesus and you come to know him as he is. That's when life is complete. Anybody know Jesus completely? Anybody is exactly like Jesus yet? Anybody know him intimately? Then we still got a long ways to go. That's what we're supposed to. That's that's the goal. That's the point. That's where we're heading. That's where we're focused on is Jesus so we can become just like him and see him as he is. Today, I've come to tell you that no matter what stage of this life you are in, it's time to prepare for what the Lord is getting ready to do next in your life. God is getting ready to do something that may seem impossible to you in your life. That's what he has sent me here to tell you today. It's not possible in your understanding. It's you can't even conceive it because it has escaped you for so long. For so long, you have tried to 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 get something done or to 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 be able to say, here is who I am or to accomplish this or that. And God is saying that has escaped you for a long time. But I've come today to tell you through my servant that I will make the impossible possible next in your life. He is the God of the impossibilities. And there is nothing too hard for him. What may seem impossible to you is very possible with God. The holy and righteous lifestyle that you long to experience in your life is not impossible. Living by faith every day is not impossible. The desire you have to teach the word of God to impact change in your life and the life of others is not a fantasy. It is not impossible, but it is very, very possible with God. The hunger you have to know God better, to understand his word, and to have a deeper presence life is very possible. Abundant blessings are not impossible for with God all things are possible. We need to prepare ourselves for those things the Lord is getting ready to do in our life. And church, if you believe what I'm saying today, what you will do when you leave here is begin to prepare for what God will do next in your life that may have seemed impossible.
But if you walk out of here the same way you walked in, then you don't believe that God is ready to do something that may have seemed impossible to you. And he's going to do it and make it possible. Quit saying you have faith or you believe God when there is no evidence in your lifestyle that says that you do. You know how we like to, we, we can post a whole lot of stuff on social media about God. And if someone was to examine our life about all that we are posting, about all that we're saying about God, there will be no evidence in our life that what we're saying is really what we believe. Start living like you have faith. Start living like you believe God. Preparing for what God has said to you, it screams, I have faith. You want to scream, you have faith without hollering at the top of your lungs? Just begin to prepare for what God has revealed to you. You're screaming, I have faith, without screaming it when you are preparing for it. But if you walk out and just status quo and nothing changes, like you never heard God's word, then you just walked out and says, well, I don't really have faith. One way to prepare yourself like you believe what the Lord is saying to you is to get around people who committed to the things of God and are doing it every day. We like to say, We believe the word and we believe God. But church, can I tell you this? If what you've been trying to do for God for the longest, you have not been able to do it and you haven't changed the company that you've been rolling with, you don't think that might be something you need to change? I shared with them this morning that when I got saved, I was rolling with my boys all day, every day, nonstop. We always worked together. We did everything together. And when I got saved, they didn't see me no more. They were mad. Mad. What's wrong with us? And I understand it. Because anytime you stop going around people, they feel like you are rejecting them. They feel like you're making them feel less than. But what you have to do is explain to them. Now, if they feel less than after you explain to them, now it's on them. But when you get an encounter with Jesus and you decide, I got to live for God, you need to get around godly people. You can't stay with the people that you've been around because what are they doing? How are they living? What are they trying to accomplish? Different from you. So now that God has spoken to you and you got to come away from them, you can't worry about what they are doing and what they may think. All you got to say is, which is what I had said, all you got to say is, listen, I feel strongly that God is doing something in my life and I have to follow what God is doing. I have to go where God has taken me. I love y'all, but I got to go. And I moved on. Then they started a rumor. I think Wayne got the package told you all about that you know back back in the day the package was the hiv you know when we were scared and think we didn't know no healing for it you know no cure they said because what happened is i'll give you all the straight straight money what happened brother isaiah was you know when you're out in the world and you, you in the streets you're drinking when you're drinking there's a lot of sugar in alcohol so you're kind of a little bit bloated y'all might not know that and so when i stopped drinking because now i'm going to church and i got different people i'm hanging around with started losing weight 
So now, oh, he stopped hanging with us. He's going to church and he losing weight. I think he got the package and he's probably going to die. So he started going to church. So that was the word on the street for a little bit that Wayne got AIDS and he started going to church because he might die. And so he's just trying to go to church so he don't go to hell if he dies. That's what they said, IJ. But did that bother me? No, because I told them God is doing something and I got to go serve God. And I had to leave those people. I'm talking about people that I love and I'm tight with. But I couldn't stay where they were because they were doing something different from me. Now, 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 here's something very interesting that you don't want to believe or you, you can't see right now. When I left them and they realized, it took a minute now, probably about three, about three years after I left them, they finally realized, oh, okay, he a real Christian. And so now I started getting phone calls. Hey, I'm getting married, man. You know, you think you and your wife can come over and talk to us? I didn't see that when I was pulling away. I didn't think about all those things would come down the line. I didn't worry about all that. All I knew was God was directing me, and I had to follow that. And if that meant my friends were going to cut me off, that's just so be it. And they did cut me off from it. They was mad because who am I? I got married, and some of my friends that was that felt like they should have been in the wedding. Because, you know, when you're in the world and you get married, all your drinking buddies got to come. And so now I'm living for God. I don't have no drinking buddies. So I'm not inviting no drinking buddies. So a lot of them got mad. He didn't invite us to his wedding. I'm doing something different. But I was willing to put that on the line because I realized that God was calling me to go with him and to do something different. And some of you are holding on to relationships and some of you are staying in situations because you don't want to go where God has taken you because you're worried about the people in the circle. You're worried about who you're connected with. You're worried about what people have done for you in the past. As I mentioned this morning, don't get this twisted. Sis, let me tell you this. You need to hear this. There are people that's going to think they did something for you and think that you're supposed to owe them. That mindset alone tell you they didn't do nothing for you. But don't make them any wiser. Don't tell them that. You don't want to get them offended. So what usually happens is when God shows us favor, God will allow people to do things for us and bless us. And so even though they physically do it, it was God working in the background for them to do it. So now I've made you wiser. So all the people, or a couple of people, maybe just a couple of people, that think that you should be grateful because of what they did for you, don't say anything to them, but just know, you ain't did nothing for me. God used you to do it because God had to get me to where he was getting me to. Now I'm in church and living for God. Now I see it was always God working on my behalf. Y'all didn't know that, but I'm here in church where God want me to be because God always did that for me. So people that's telling you that or you feel obligated like I got to be obligated to them. It wasn't them. God loved you and God will work in people's life. So, for instance. Don't let me get off topic so much, Lord. For instance. God, I taught this to you a couple of weeks ago. God knows our heart. Check this out. Brother, Brother Jimenez. Since God knows our heart, if you happen to be one that like to do things to be praised, God says, okay, Arlene needs something, and he likes to be praised. So I'm going to use him to do what Arlene needs 
so he can feel good about his praise because that's all he care about. He just want to be praised. But my servant Arlene needs something. So I'm going to let him get his little praise, but I'm going to make sure Arlene get what she wants. So I'll use him. That's how God works, and we don't even understand how he works. He will work with us whether we are good or bad. He uses it to do what he wants. So, so Adrian might love to say, look at me. He said, got him. We don't say it like that. That's good because God not like that. But, but, but you know what I'm saying, right? So God knows Adrian would say, look at me. I'm all, I, I love everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. But I just need to bless Arlene. And that's how so many of us get stuff. And people want to make us think that it was them. God loves you. God is taking care of you, and he will use whatever means necessary, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. He will use the necessary method that needs to be used to take care of you. So don't you walk and feel obligated to people and feel like, oh, they did this for me. No, yes, we're always going to be appreciative for what people do. But understand the greater work that's behind what they did. It was the Lord that was doing the greater work behind what they do. So I want you to go forward today and trust God for the impossibilities and stop worrying about the people that you're around and who you're going to let down and who's going to say something about you. Just move on and go where God is taking you. God wants to bless you and do some things in your life that to you did not seem possible, but God can make all things possible. My God, I don't know if you hear me this morning. Get around people who are further along in the same purpose you are involved in and trying to fulfill. You know what's funny? The world does that all the time. What does the word call it? The world call it. Networking. And church, this is why the scripture says that the, the people of the, uh, 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 of the dark is wiser than the people of the light because they know. We can use just simple in here. If you come to this church and you want to be a nurse, you got a ton of resources in this joint. <laughs> so, so you can just go and be around anybody. In the, we got a lot of nurses. We got plenty of them. And so that's what you will do in the natural. So why aren't we doing it in the church? Why aren't we doing it? Why we don't look around in the church and say, who does all the praying? Because I want to get my prayer life better. Why we don't look around and say, who knows the word of God? Let me get around them because I want to know the word of God. Why we don't look around and say, who serves the Lord with all their heart and get around them so I can serve the Lord with all my heart? Why I don't get around those people that are doing the things that I aspire to do in Christ? Why is it only in the natural we do it? If we're going to move forward to experience what God wants to do in our life, we need to do that. Let me get into the meat of what we read this morning. The Lord's announcement of a child to be born was met with various responses throughout Scripture. Sarah, Abraham's wife, she laughed when the announcement came about her being pregnant. By contrast, or let's stick with Zechariah the priest and his wife Elizabeth. Zacharias, he doubted. So Sarah laughed, Zechariah doubted, but Mary, the young virgin girl, submitted, knowing that she was merely a servant of the Lord. She believed the angel's word and agreed to bear the child even under 
humanly impossible circumstances, even with difficult social consequences. Let me tell you, I touched it before, but you can't consider and worry about the consequences that you're going to have to go through in order to prepare for what God wants to do in your life. You can't worry about what people will say, what people will think. We do a lot of that. We do a lot of that. Trumpy, we do a lot of. I can't get a lot of people to buy into this. Sister Crystal, I'm going to get a lot of people to buy into this. Maybe I can get you to buy in after the day. Why can't I get a lot, a lot of people to buy into after you start living for God, you don't care about what people think about you? Why can't I can't get a lot? You, you want them to think good things of you. I'm not telling you that everybody wants good. But, but, but why do we let the way we behave, the things we do, why we let them be held hostage or not held hostage by how people perceive us? Well, why do we do that? Because two things that get me. The Bible says Jesus made himself of no reputation. He didn't worry about what his reputation was with people. The other thing that I know the word of God says, Sister Julie, is that all have sinned. So if Jesus, who is the creator and king of all kings, if he did not worry about his reputation among people, and if he says all have sinned, why am I trying to worry about what you think? Because if I have messed up, what? The people that's talking about me never messed up? When I messed up, you think, so nobody else messed up? Oh, I'm the only one that messed up? And so now I'm just out here embarrassed because I'm the only oh, I messed up. No, because you messed up too. So I'm not worried about you. And then the other thing is, if my desire is to make my reputation known unto Christ and not people, why am I worrying about what you think about what I do? But somehow, Christians have been held hostage still by that same principle of the world that we care about what people think about us. I don't know. I don't know. I realized that when I got saved and started living for God, I realized I cannot worry about it. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, maybe this is why God took me through this. I have my own experience in worrying about what people think of me. You know who that, um, those people were? It first started with me. But Isaiah got baptized in Jesus' name in February. I didn't get the Holy Ghost till it was hot, like real hot. So it was in August, I think, I got the Holy Ghost. I got baptized in February. But here is this, the, the, the rub to this. My whole thing is, I don't want nobody to see me crying. I don't want to fall out. I don't want no crowd around me. All of the stuff that normally happened in old time Pentecost, when you don't have the Holy Ghost, an altar call come, somebody come and put hands on you, and then about 50 people gather around you. Everybody pray, ah, in Jesus' name, some shaking you and all that. And I'm like, I don't want that. I said, I don't want that. Then the other thing is, I don't want nobody to see me crying. So even when I went to the altar, I went to the altar. I always had a handkerchief, even when I wasn't saved. I went to the, I went to the altar, and if, I, if God touched me and I cried, nobody saw my face when I came back up from crying because I was like, mm-hmm. So I was so concerned about what people 
thought about me, how I looked. It took me almost a year to get the Holy Ghost. I was stunting my growth. I was holding me back because I was so concerned about what people thought. So eventually when I got real saved, I realized I love y'all and I want to be a great example around y'all. But if what I'm doing to please God, y'all don't like, I don't care. It ain't bothering me. If I look like I'm not cool in some kind, don't bother me. You heard what he said? Don't bother me. As long as I know what I am doing is pointed directly at Christ and I'm trying to please him, it's not going to bother me. I've had people say, you're not embarrassed that so-and-so that's connected to you did that? I said, so-and-so, not me. But people, Brother Andre, people are still so worried about what people think about them, that if their sibling did something wrong, they're worried because they don't want nobody saying, man, what does my family have to do with me? No, I'm living for God. I don't know what they're doing. Blood or no blood. But Christians are still worrying about what people think about them. And that's how they live their life. And that's what's stopping God from doing the impossible in our life because we're so stuck on what everybody thinks. I've lived it for my own self. It took me a long time to get the Holy Ghost because I'm worried about what everybody thinks. Nothing is going to get in my way. I don't care how I look in front of anybody. As long as what I'm doing was to please God, I am okay with it how I'm perceived. I'm okay. And I want for you to get to that same place too and not worrying about what people think. Just live your life. Live your life. I remember, and now I'm going deep into stuff. I remember, I remember in church where, talk to Sister Arlene. Thank you for coming, Sister Arlene. I remember in church, right, Sister Arlene? You know, we're all young in our marriage. And when marriages are young, there's going to be struggles, Sister Arlene. But church people want everybody to think their marriage is good from the start to the end. And so when people marriage is struggling, people will get up all in front of the crowd and say, oh, I want to thank God because my marriage is good. And they lied in front of God and all his witnesses. And me, my marriage is struggling. I wouldn't say a whole lot because I'm like, man, God, I know my marriage is struggling. I got to get it right. I want everything to work. So I wouldn't go out and just blah, 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 blah about marriage because I know we're still trying to work our best way. We're trying to get it done, trying to work it out. I knew it wasn't the best. But I never faked the funk. Never faked the funk, Sister Arlene. I kept on doing it. And today I can tell you it's better than it's ever been. I never faked the funk, Sister Arlene. I never did. I never pretended. Because <laughs> I don't care what they think. When I get saved, I got saved. I'm living for God. Whatever they're going to think, let them think. That's right. Live for God with me, IJ. Thank you, IJ, because they won't, nobody saying amen with me this morning. Thank you, IJ. Thank you, IJ. Listen, here is how you need to see it. A young, unmarried girl who became pregnant risked disaster. Unless the father of the child agreed to marry her, she would probably remain unmarried for life. If her own father rejected her, she could have been forced to 
begging or prostitution in order to earn her living. She risked losing Joseph, her fiance. She risked losing her family and her reputation and her story about being made pregnant by the Holy Ghost. She risked being considered crazy. Still, Mary, despite all the risks, let it be known unto everybody. When the Lord spoke to her, the angel of the Lord spoke to her, she still said, with all of that, I don't care. Let your will be done in my life, God. And that's what God is looking for so he can do the impossible in your life. When you say, God, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Let your will be done in my life. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Lord, let your will be done in my life. When Mary said that, she didn't know about the tremendous opportunity and blessing the whole that she would have. She put works to her faith. She didn't consult with anyone else. She didn't take time to weigh the pros and the cons. She only knew that God was asking her to serve him and she willingly obeyed. Are you worried about the risk? Are you worried about what people think to serve God? Or are you just going to serve God, obey God and not worry about it? Saints of God, We need Mary's kind of responsiveness to the Lord's instructions to us. I don't care what anybody think, Lord. If you say this is what needs to be done, I'm going to prepare myself for what you said is coming down the line. If you are preaching to me today, Lord, about you are the God of impossibilities and I need to get ready for the impossible things that you will do in my life, then I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to start to give myself to you more than ever before. Too many of us wait to see the bottom line before offering ourselves to God. God wants willing servants who will serve him by faith and not weigh the pros and the cons, not weigh the options, the situation. He just wants people who will be faithful servants to him. Once we hear from the Lord, which is his grace, when God comes and talks to you, that's his grace. We must begin to prepare ourselves and have the expectation for what he says that he will do. Listen to me. Make sure you align your lifestyle. Your lifestyle needs to be aligned with what the Lord says. Stay in constant communication with the Lord through prayer. Don't allow anyone to dilute or lower you away from the purpose that God has for you. The changes the Lord Jesus wants to institute in your life starts with you giving him full reign in your life. God wants to do the impossible in you and through you. I am not just telling you something pretty. I'm not just trying to tell you something that sounds good. I am telling you what the Lord rests in my soul and my spirit. The main thought of today is that God wants to do the impossibility, but you must believe it so much that you begin to prepare for what God is going to do. We prepare for everything, but we never prepare for what God will do in our life. We prepare to take vacation. We prepare when we have when we get pregnant. We prepare when we got to go to work. We prepare for everything, and when we come in the house of God and God speak a word to us, we don't leave and begin to prepare. We just say, okay, that was good, and we sit around and wait for God to do what we heard, and we never prepare. What I've learned about the Lord is he, a lot of things he says to us, it takes a long time because we don't start preparing. And Lord, the Lord cannot entrust us with things that we can't handle. 
It's not that he don't want to give it to you, but if he give it to you and you're not prepared, it can destroy you. So when he gives you a word, go back through the scripture. He gives you a word. He doesn't just do it right away. He's telling you what's about to come. You ready? When he was getting ready to cause rain to come on the earth for the first time, did he just send did he just start making it rain? Did he just start making it rain? Or did he tell his servants and tell his servants to prepare the people because I'm getting ready to make it rain? It might have taken 120 years, but did it rain? And how many people was prepared? I guess we can say it's eight because because the boys were big enough to be married, so they didn't have to listen to their daddy if they didn't want, right? So we, I guess we probably can stretch it and say eight people were prepared. But that's the point. He told them what he would do. And for 120 years, he had someone telling them, reiterating, 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 I am going to do what you believe is the impossible. I am going to do it. Prepare for what I'm getting ready to do. I'm going to do it. And only eight people prepared. Only eight people prepared. To be used by the Lord as a change agent, we must first be changed. Mm -hmm. Prepare yourself for the possibilities, or should I say, the impossibilities to become possible. The Lord will do in you and through you Live godly if you will trust the Lord to do what he wants to do in you. Live by his instructions closely. Make his purpose the most important thing in your life. And I'm getting ready to close on this note. Finally, we read three different encounters in scripture where the angel of the Lord a pair appeared unto a couple or one of the couple to say, you will be pregnant and you will have a child. Church, listen to me. I've said some things to you that might go in one ear and come out the next. I've said some things to you that you might feel like, yeah, 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 pastor, I hear that. But here's another way of me saying the same thing that I've been saying for a long time because it's what I am. It's who I am. It's what God has made me into. And it works. Without children, there is no future. Without children, there is no future. With children, there is a future. When the Lord visited Abraham and Sarah, when he visited Zacharias and eventually Elizabeth, when he visited Mary and eventually Joseph got the word, what he was saying to them is, I've come to give you a future. Abraham, you know what they did if you know the story, trying to make their future. Messed up a whole till today, still messed up, world messed up. So they was trying to secure their future, and they made a mess. 
It wasn't until God himself came and secured their future by giving them a child that comes from them. They were old and they thought they were going to die without a future. Elizabeth and Zacharias, they were old. They thought they were going to die without a future. And Mary, this little virgin girl that who knows how she'd been treated and, 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 and where she ranked in the family and who she really was and what was going on in her mind, God came and gave her a future. Say, little girl, nobody might not have thought much about you, but you have found favor with God, and I'm giving you a future. You're going to birth the Messiah. Children are our future. Without children, there is no future. This is in the natural. But in the spiritual, it's the same thing. And what God want me to finally finish up here to tell you this morning is if we don't allow him to birth spiritual children through us, we don't have no future. If we don't allow God to work so greatly in our life, do the impossible. So don't tell me now. This is why I preach all the way up to this point. Don't tell me you're not smart enough to know the scriptures. Don't tell me you don't have the courage enough to talk to somebody. Don't tell me you don't pray hard enough to be able to help somebody get saved. Don't tell me you don't know the word enough. Don't tell me any of that because we serve the God of the impossibility. And all you got to do is say, God, have your way in me. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Lord, here I am. I live for you alone. I want your will to be done. I want you to work in me so, God, I can have a future. And the way I have a future is allowing God to work through my life and birth spiritual children. When he births spiritual children, you see, you get discouraged when you keep hearing the preaching about what God will do and you see no evidence. You, you, you look around and you say, I hear you, preacher, but I don't see any evidence. I hear what you're saying, preacher, but you know how long I've been praying about this? Well, you you in great company. Abraham, you know how old he was when his wife got pregnant? Zacharias, you know how old his wife was when she got pregnant? Because there's no timetable on God. You just have to just trust him. And you just have to prepare yourself for what he wants to do. And if you will surrender yourself to God, he will allow you with whatever you lack. Doesn't matter. It just makes the power of God just look even greater. Whatever you lack, it doesn't matter. God will work through you to bring about spiritual children so you can have a secured future. If we live right as families, if we live right as families, the young will take care of the old when they get old, if we live right. I know in some cases it's not happening because we're not living right. But if we will live right, the young will take care of the old, and that will continue to repeat itself until Jesus returns. Spiritually, it's the same way. If we live right, when the old becomes old and they can no longer do what they used to do, 
The young will take care of the old. You secure your future. God ultimately has everything in control, but he works through people. He works his plan through people. He lets us see how he does things, and that's why he does it. Can God be the future? Yes, he is our future, but how he does it is work his plan through each and every one of us. And if we will give ourselves to God wholly, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. If we will give ourselves wholly to God, he will do the impossible or what you thought was impossible in your life. We serve a God of the impossibility. And as God spoke to us today, we need to prepare ourselves for what's next. Because God is getting ready to do something extraordinary, supernatural, next in our life. But if you don't prepare yourself, you will just cause the process to linger and not be fulfilled. The children of Israel, let's stand, walked around and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because they didn't prepare. They just walked around for 40 years, wasted time. I don't want to waste time. I want to fulfill God's plan. I hope you want to fulfill God's plan. God can do the impossible in your life. You don't have to do anything extra. All you got to do is just live right. All you got to do is get around the people that are living right. All you got to do is trust. Listen, Holy Ghost, listen to me. Brother Isaiah, I'm not saying you do this, but I'm making a point here. If I am a person that's committed to prayer and I'm a praying individual, but I have some flaw in my life. Let's not dismiss our brother or sister that is a praying individual with flaws. Because we're going to say, because of their flaws, we won't accept their commitment and their lifestyle to prayer. We do that. Can we not do that anymore? Because that's why. Why am I telling you that? I will tell you why I'm telling you that. Because we dismiss being around certain people because we're saying want to be around them because I don't like that they do that. That's a problem. But you see some good in them and instead of you looking at the good and just say, I'll be around them because of the good. I'm not going to worry about the other thing. We just totally just don't go around them. So what happens is, Sister Shauna, the church stays separated because we only look at each other according to our flaws. And we don't look at each other according to what God has blessed us to be and do. We don't want to run with the good thing that God has said, here you go. This is what I am going to use you to do. We don't want to just hold on to that. We want to look at what's negative and just say, nah, I don't mess with them because of that negative thing as opposed to looking at the positive thing that they do. Somebody might be faithful and committed in serving God, but maybe you see a flaw in them. Are you going to dismiss how they serve God? And not go around and be with them and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, you always at the church. You always serving God. 
what is it that you're doing? I want to kind of shadow you. I want to I be around you all the time because you just seem to always be committed to the house of God. You always seem to be serving. I want to know what you're doing. Or are you just going to dismiss it and say, nah, because I see this kind of flaw. I see this kind of fault. And all we're doing is hurting our own self because nobody is perfect. And what God has established in all of us, it doesn't mean that the rest of our life is going to be perfect. Because I can go back to you and show you in scripture how the prophet Elijah, which I guess most people would say greatest prophet that walked the earth. The prophet Elijah made a, 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 a prostitute woman punk him. And he's supposed to be a man full of faith. I watched a man that, 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 that preached for 120 years, that built an ark with his sons. I watched him allow himself to, to, to get drunk. I watch a man that we call father of faith, that, that, that he was strong in faith and all of this great stuff. And then when he came across the Pharaoh who was trying to steal his wife, he lied and said, oh, she ain't my wife. What, he ain't got faith because he lied? Oh, he ain't no man of God that built the ark because he got drunk? I can go on and on and on. So we can't dismiss each other because we saw flaw. Look for the good to say, I'm going to be around that individual for the good that they do. I hope I helped you today. I hope I helped today. God is the God of impossibilities. That's the God we serve. The God of impossibilities. We heard on Thursday that God Almighty, who was invisible, became visible. He showed you from the very beginning that he has been doing the impossible since we have known who he is. He's been doing the impossible. This almighty God, who we could not see, became man, who we could see. There's no shortness to him doing the impossible. If you will only believe, if you will begin to believe God and prepare yourself that God is going to do something great in your life next, we will see it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word today. If you need prayer for anything, you can come. We thank you for your goodness today, your kindness today. Lord, I pray for those who have joined us via live stream, our online congregation, Lord God. I pray that your hand will be upon them. Those who need healing, I pray that you will heal their body, touch their mind, almighty God. That by your stripe they will be healed and be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray today, Lord God, that you will strengthen this church. That, Lord, when we go from this place, we will go in preparation, Lord God, that we will prepare ourselves for what you will do. For, Lord, we have heard that what you will do next will be miraculous. It will be, oh God, the impossible according to our understanding. But, Lord, we're holding on and we're expecting the impossible to be done in our lives and in this church, Lord God. Lord, we're looking forward to what you have in store for us, Lord God. We will not waver, Lord God, in our faithfulness. 
We will not waver, Lord God, in our prayer life. We will not waver, Lord God, in reading the word. And Lord, we will do better in being amongst one another that can help to encourage us, that does something better than we do. That Lord, we will get around one another and learn from one another and encourage one another. And Lord, we will do what you want us to do. We will prepare ourselves, Almighty God, for the great things you have in store for us. We call upon your name today, Lord God, and we ask for your will to be done, Lord Jesus. Oh God, have your way today. Oh God, have your way today. Not our will, Lord God, but your will. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, God is able. He can do just what he said he would do. Oh, God, he will fulfill every promise that he made. He fulfilled every promise he made in Scripture. And he will do the same in your life. Just trust him today. Oh, hallelujah. Because he won't give up for you. Yes. He's able. He's able, church. He's able, church. He's able. He's able. He's able. Why don't you lift your hands one more time with me and just ask God to have his way in your life. Say, God, have your way in my life. Don't let this be another word that's preached and I just listen and walk away. Don't let this be another time of me being in your house. Just leave and escape me, and I never do anything about it, Lord God. Will you have your way today, Lord God? Will you cause a great change to take place in our hearts, in our mind? Will you cause the impossible to become possible in us, Lord God? We want your will to be done today, Lord God, that our life will never be the same, that we can live by faith, that we can walk by faith, that we can be holy, that we can be righteous, that we will be Bible teachers, that we will let our light shine, Lord God, that we can be an instrument of change, Lord God. Oh, we thank you today, Jesus. We bless your name today, Lord God, for there is none like you. Thank you, Jesus. Don't forget, if you plan on going to our banquet, it's this Friday at 7 p.m. Come early. Don't come late. Uh, we'd love to have you. It's at KC Prime at 7 p.m. Also, I don't want you to forget, next Sunday, one service at 10.30 a.m. We will not be here a whole long time. It will not be the same time. I guarantee you we'll be out of here before 12 o'clock. And so if you will come at 10.30 with us next Sunday, and celebrate with us as we give God the praise and the glory for all that he's done. We want you to join us. 1030, one service next week. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shut the mouths of lions.
for